This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Knockout Podcast episode 34 now. We are, yeah, we're back for another week um, and um, yeah, the big the big one is is upon us. We sort of got excited about it a couple of weeks too early, um, but it's now here. 254 is in the offing. Um, I actually looked up, um, we'll get into it a bit later, but I looked up that 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 original card which they had for 254 i mean you had Khabib Gaethje Poirier Ferguson as the co-main unbelievable <laughs> then you had Whitaker Cannonier Yair Zabit and Makachev RDA i mean oh, that is an insane card i mean that, that is that, that is crazy I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen a five-fight main card better than that. Yeah, that, that, that would genuinely be... the only. My only qualm would be RDA's a bit shot now. Yeah, like he's not yeah. his best. But if he turned up looking good, like that would be genuinely one of the best five-fight cards that I could ever think of. Yeah, uh, crazy. I mean, we, we arrive... We've only got two of them, so, you know. I think, yeah. I think <laughs> the poor the Ed Ferguson one was out the door pretty early on. Um RDA got coronavirus and Yair got injured, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I don't know why they keep trying to book Yair like Yair. That fight, I just it's never going to happen. Yeah, like, it's it's about it, as cursed as Khabib Tony at this point. Really, it's like they, we talked about that fight for about. I feel like it's been about two years. Yeah, like they've been trying to book that fight. Yair got cut over it at one point. Like <laughs> it was, it's like. Crazy, like just, the fight isn't going to happen. Give up on it, make yet. Yeah, yeah. Let Matt Holloway beat up to beat. That's okay. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm I'm all on board that train. As long as it's five rounds, I want I, I want a I want an Ortega esque beatdown from Holloway. Yeah. Oh yes, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll we'll get to two five four and all of its ramifications in a bit. We'll start with uh, Fire Island Six, I guess. Um, Ortega Korean Zombie. Um, I mean, do we want to do want to start right there? I guess that makes the most sense. Yep. I mean, we said in our prediction, obviously there was a there was a, a certain element of unknown surrounding Ortega. Um, I, I, I don't think either of us would have imagined a a sort of reinvention and improvement as as stark as what we saw on uh, on Saturday evening. Uh, no, I think he did look. Um, yeah, he just looked. Just kind of reinvigorated, I suppose, would be like the right word. Like the two mm-hmm. years off clearly did him some good. And I think they mentioned, I didn't know that he got rid of his, like, all of his camp apart from Hannah Gracie. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know that. So I don't know how long he's been working with them, um, but they've done pretty good, pretty good work with him, it seems. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Obviously, like, Ortega did look good. Um, I think there is something to be said that I don't think uh, Korean Zombie looked at his best I don't think he looked as sharp as you might like he has recently like compared to how he looked against Moicano and Frankie Edgar I don't think he looks as good um, as he has there Um, but part of that I think was that interestingly Ortega fought most of the fight almost all of the fight in fact in Southpaw which um, I think he he sort of started in Orthodox and then he sort of got a um, Korean Zombie got got a few kicks away um, and I thought I thought it was sort of a, a, a perhaps move to protect his protect his, um, his leg, but actually, he, he, as 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 you were going to say, he, he found a lot of success. 
Yeah, I think um, I don't. I don't think I think someone on commentary mentioned that. I don't think it was because he was necessarily hurt. Like he used it. Like he's switched fairly consistently. Like he switched against Max, and he's like he does switch. Um, but he did fight most of the fight in Southpaw. Um, I think that threw off a lot of the counters of um, Korean Zombie. Like his favourite one is the cross counter over the top of the jab, which isn't there against the Southpaw really. Like you, or not the same counter, not the exact same one. Um, so I feel like he couldn't quite get his counters going in a way he would have liked to against Ortega fighting the Southpaw. Um, but other than that, I thought Ortega did very good work, especially with um, similar to kind of, not the Frankie Edgar fight, but a, like old school Frankie Edgar would kind of like go into wrestling mode and then like ha- hold the single leg and then hit out of it, basically. Um, similar to what uh, Robert Whitaker did against Darren Till. Um, Ortega did a decent job of that. I thought he like would grab the single or feint the single a lot. He did a lot of good feinting with that. and come up the top with punches so that was very effective and he also uh, kicked fairly well in this fight I thought as well um, fair amount of kicks from Ortega um, which are a good addition to his game because anyone that uh, he doesn't really have to worry about the kicks being caught or yeah. because it is excellent like ability to snatch jokes from anywhere basically Yeah. Uh, so he doesn't really have to worry about that because it could lead to like a joke for him. Um, so it's, yeah, I thought uh, Ortega looked good. Um, and his Korean zombie didn't look as good as he usually does, but yeah, it was, it was a, a very measured performance from Ortega. As you said, there was, I, I felt like, as, as you mentioned, sort of giving that like edit compression, there was a better chaining together of all his various strengths. Yeah. Rather than, um, just sort of using them in isolation. As you said, like, he fainted for that takedown a lot and then sort of came up. I know when he got, he sort of pushed um, Korean Zombie to the fence. I know like when, when, when the cut came, albeit that was from a headbutt, from he headbutt, pushed yeah. him to the fence and then sort of came over with the right hand. Yeah, that's um, what I thought caused the cut to start with. I thought it was an elbow, but yeah, it was a yeah. little right hand. And then yeah. he elbowed him after, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he had the elbow <laughs> and yeah. For, yeah. For, the Korean zombie, I know uh, he he put it on his Instagram. I thought I think he said he he essentially did, doesn't 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 remember round three, four, or five. So Jeez. basically, basically after the elbow. Um, so perhaps there there was an element of he couldn't get himself going in those late rounds because he was essentially just concussed. Um, I mean, yeah, I think I think that elbow is about as concussive a blow as you're going to get. Yeah, um, well, that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he, like, amazing timing on it. And like obviously that is something like like it was not dissimilar from at least from the Yair uh, elbow that knocked out. Yeah. Zombie. Um it's like it is a way in which uh, zombie blipses like forward, uh does leave him vulnerable to that. He does kind of like hand and head kind of over his feet, charge, like just go for it. Um which is kind of what got him his nickname as the Korean zombie. Um but it did leave him available to that uh, and but it was obviously a lovely technique from Ortega beautiful <laughs> yeah um, but okay. one thing I would say is we talked about in the preview is that the kind of lack of defensive depth is what got Ortega in trouble against Max or what Max exploited and for as good as Ortega looked in this fight he didn't really need to show that he had improved on that he might he like he might have done but we didn't really get to see it because 
Korean Zombie never really pushed him past the kind of first line of defense, like either the blocks or like... Yeah, kind of yeah what, I, what I would say is there was certainly um, an element of he was fighting the fight in better places. Like he is a tall guy for, well, for, for featherweight. And so using, using his reach, you know, inviting people to step in, like he, there, was, there was certainly better distance, distance control. As you say, if someone got past it and sort of laid it on him, I don't know how he'd deal with that. Um, yeah. But I think, as you said, definitely improvements, but we don't, we don't know the full extent. Yeah, and like Zombie never really like, what Max did brilliantly was like fainted out defensive reactions and then took advantage of Ortega's reactions. Uh, Korean Zombie never really did that. Him, he didn't use feints to kind of like more intelligently attack. Um, because it went like in part because Ortega kind of was sticking it on him, and Ortega was in control of the fight from the get go, like from round one. So Zombie never had a chance to build in that sense. Uh, so Ortega could, did a good job in that sense, but he didn't even really like try that much to do that. He was, um, it was early on, I think he was kind of looking for his usual game of countering, uh, and then later on, it was just charge forward with kind of reckless abandon to get himself yeah. back. Like um, disappointing from a Korean zombie point of view is like as you said he couldn't really get started and then seemingly that elbow sort of threw off any game plan he might, might have had in the later rounds he didn't really apply any anywhere near the pressure that he needed to but um, yeah and, that's, sorry, go ahead. Well, so late, later in the fight uh, just a small note later in the fight or to, I don't know what kind of the factors that led to this but as the fight went on Ortega's jab started to find a home quite consistently as well um, which I don't yeah. recall it doing as much in the early rounds, but um, certainly I think rounds four and five, um, his jab looked quite sharp. Um, yeah, it was just an, another good note for Ortega. Yeah, so a solid um, performance from Ortega. Um, we were wondering beforehand whether there would be title um, ramifications in terms of the winner, it, it was sort of made pretty early during the broadcast that this was a number one contender's fight. Um, and yeah, it, it seems like that ortega Volkanovsky fight is going to be the one next, I, I imagine, sometime in the new year. Um, I was just looking up, actually, height and reaches for the various fighters. Ortega's 5'8", which I had in my mind he was taller than that yeah, um you can never really trust the ufc heights um as like there's quite a good compilation i've seen on like facebook or something where it's like um where it's got fighters heights like before and then it shows you them like huh. in the face when they're in the octagon i think one of them was like rda and eddie alvarez it was like i think eddie alvarez was listed as being taller than rda and there was like a two-inch height difference RDA yeah was, like, so i have in my head that doesn't yeah, the heights are terrible <laughs> i feel like there's a Bigger than two inch difference between Volkanovski and Ortega. Yeah. Like I remember, I think that Edgar is the same height as, um, or is listed as the same height as Volkanovski. Uh, but Ortega looked massive compared to. Yeah. yeah um, there was I, there looked to be like a four inch height difference at least. Um, so I don't know. Um, yeah, you can never really trust the heights, and probably not the reaches. Either. Yeah, it'll be. Um... It'll be an interesting one. I imagine, as with Edgar, um, you'd have to assume that the wrestling game of Volkanovski will not be a 
will not be a sort of element of his game that he'll look to use too much against Ortega. I think it's a very risky strategy, especially as he mentioned with the the guillotine and the and the BJJ skills that Ortega's got. Um, he is a very different fighter than Zombie. I'm sure he will be pushing forward far more often, you know, with his kicks. Um, and and I think I think there is quite a lot of recency bias in a lot of people saying like, oh, Ortega's. You know, Ortega 2.0 just blasts through Volkanovski. I'm not sure it's that's. It's not sure it's as easy as that. Um, yeah, I would like. But as good as Ortega looked, I don't know if there wasn't that much that I saw there that would make me confident that he'd beat Volkanovski. The I still like, think I still think Max would easily get past him. Oh yeah, I think yeah, Max. Like uh, it's a different Max Holloway now, so it'd look very different from the first fight. I think, but I would still favour Max fairly strongly um i mean that's a that's a far different stylistic matchup but you know regardless i think the point still stands that this is not you know a truly elite fighter still yeah i think and volkanovsky is the kind of guy so we will learn about ortega's defense if it has genuinely improved um with volkanovsky because he is the kind of guy um and, and it's been a bit weird like volkanovsky's last three fights have been aldo holloway back to back um and it's kind of like made people forget to a degree, like what Volkanovski used to fight like. Like, look yeah. at the Chad Mendes fight. Like, Volkanovski mm-hmm. used to be like he's like very intelligent fighter, um, but when he needs to be aggressive and push forward, he really can do that very well. Yeah. Um, so I could see him being putting on a far more aggressive performance against Ortega. And Volkanovski will faint to draw out those reactions to yeah. to expose any kind of lack of defensive depth from Ortega. Uh, so we will see if Ortega has made those improvements if he uh, if and when he fights Volkanovski. Um, but I would fairly heavily favour Volkanovski um, just because I ha- yeah I haven't seen anything like I didn't see anything in the Korean Zombie fight that made me think definitively that he yeah this 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 fight especially against the Korean zombie that turned up um, was a was a, a good stylistic matchup for Ortega to sort of dip his toes yeah. back into the UFC. Like a guy that wasn't throwing out very many feints, wasn't particularly his usual sharp self with the counters, um, and and seemingly was 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 concussed for sixty percent of the fight. It's like it strikes me as a pretty good way to look impressive. Yeah, maybe I think maybe we could be underselling Ortega slightly. I think that he can do some things against Volkanovski. He can use um, he used quite a lot. Of, I think he used quite a lot of front kicks in this fight. If I remember correctly, I could be remembering wrong to be honest. Um, but like the front kick will probably be there against Volkanovski. It will be a good like kind of maintaining distance tool yeah. for Ortega. Um, and if Ortega can fight tall. Uh, but yeah, fight quite tall. That is another good thing. Um, we saw that, I mean, going back a while ago, Ortega knocked out Clay Guida uh, with that knee as kind of Guida dipped in. That is something that is open against Volkanovski. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as well as uh, you could do that and the dip makes the guillotine easier to get. And also, um, if they do, and I imagine they will at some point, if they do clinch up the, um, the height differential, um, is something that uh, helps get like the anacondas or the guillotine um, quite a lot easier, which is one of the reasons that I was like going back a while ago, I was fairly confident in 
Max when he was fighting Ortega was because Max was a few inches taller and is very good in the clinch. I didn't think that the opportunity for Ortega to get a choke from the clinch would be there. But it is more present against Volkanovski, I think. So they're like he has opportunities. Um he's not like out of that fight, but I would favour Volkanovski. Yeah, well, um we'll see what um how we feel near near the time I imagine, as as you say. I think I think they were saying I think I saw a report the other day saying they were trying to get the fight to happen in Oceana, so perhaps sometime sort of early next year, but we'll see. Um we'll move to the co main event. Um Seemingly becoming a recurring theme in the last few pods is people ruining my ackers, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't quite know what I was thinking. But, you know, like I was like, yeah. oh yeah, Chikagan will beat Andrade because obviously she's the Tyson Fury of the flyweight division. You know, just bopping and moving. I mean, watch, watched about thirty seconds of it, watching Jar just walk forward straight into the clinch. I thought. This is going to be a long night for my bets. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Um... If there is a top ten, it's definitely top five, pro- possibly top ten. Straw weight goes up to flyweight, bet on the straw weight because it's just so much of a better division. Like it speaks in a way to how weak the flyweight division is. Uh, that a straw weight going up is immediately the most compelling matchup for the champion. Yeah. Uh, so, like I don't know. Um, yeah, it was good work from Andrade. She continued to build, I think, from what she kind of showed in the. Um, Rose fight, which was kind yeah. of the, and I think did it better in this fight, although she was against probably a lesser opponent. Um, the kind of head movement to work her way in. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then find, like, slip the jab and then come back with counters and yeah. just create kind of a heavy in the pocket exchange slash go to the clinch. Um, she did that uh, very well in this fight and she just Chukagian couldn't stand up to it, really. Yeah, I don't really know what I was thinking. But <laughs> um, to be fair, Korean Zombie did also ruin the bet later on. But at, at that point, it was it was over and I don't know what I was thinking. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know what will happen. As you say, I assume she now assumes the number one position given that Chukagian was. Um, and, and perhaps... Perhaps who was the who's the other one who moved up from flyweight to beat Jessica Rye? Uh, Calvio was it? Perhaps, uh, yeah. perhaps there's a, a Calvio Andrade. Um, actually, no, I think Calvio's scheduled to fight someone. Um, I think she was scheduled to fight um, on this card. I thought she was scheduled to fight uh, Lauren Murphy, but she got uh, oh, was she? COVID, I think. Um, I think yes, yeah, she was. Oh, yeah. So perhaps there's a. Perhaps as a Calvio Andrade number one contender, I don't know, or, or or perhaps they just give it to Andrade. I don't, I don't really know, but um, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, as I said, good, good, good to see. Perhaps a potentially compelling fight in Andrade's. Yeah, seemingly improving a lot. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't really know, but I think we said the most compelling. I still don't necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's at least there, there's at least some power in there. Um, yeah, there is. Like, I think it'll be a better fight than any other championship flyweight fight apart from maybe the Joanna one yeah um, but like I think it is a good point also I was trying to rack my brain and think for a good women's flyweight fight that didn't involve a straw weight and I don't think I can think of one yeah I think every like interesting women's flyweight fight that has happened has involved a straw weight yeah it's just so, yeah that's a thing it's bad it's just <laughs> bad um what else do I talk I mean 
there's not really much to say for the next one. Um, to be honest, we, we can just touch vaguely. I mean, Jimmy Crute battering Bukowskis, solid performance, looked good. Yeah, Jimmy Crew uh, continues to improve. Um, again, kind of like, yeah, just kind of like getting his game kind of more functional over time. He's only young, he's 24. Um, so yeah, he was doing like something not dissimilar to Andrade. He was slipping the jab and um, yeah. kind of coming in with the right hand after it. Uh, yeah, and that worked well for him. He dropped him off like off a kind of kick, like, what's his name? Bukas- Bukowskis, like, threw a kick and Crew just timed him and clattered him and then uh, just beat him up. And I think there was some, like, Bukowskis complained about the stoppage it looked like, but I was like... <laughs> I yes, yeah, I think, I, I, can't, I can't remember... Um... I can't remember who it was, but one of one of one of the MMA journalists I tweeted out being like, rule number one of um objecting to a stoppage is be able to get on your feet when you're when you're then protesting it. He, he was doing it while still dazed and unable to stand up. I feel like you've got a very thin argument. You really do. So yeah, that was um silly. But yeah, Jimmy Crew, just like I feel like he needs a few of these fights, um, kind of against lesser opposition to just kind of like build confidence and build his kind of functionality and skill yeah there's 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 no need to rush no uh, um, but yeah he's a really good grappler as well so if yeah you yeah i showed that against um oh god what's his name well, against a few people i think um, yeah it's like it's generally like against paul craig he like submitted paul craig yeah. which is nothing, nothing to be sniffed at uh, and then against michael um, he did get submitted by Serkinov, but Serkinov is a good grappler himself, and um, yeah, he can see. T- he can continue to improve. Yeah. Um, where do you Where do you want to go now? Um, uh, what other fights do you want to talk about? Touch James Crowe's silver. I think we like kind of previewed it. We said it'd be interesting if they grappled. Uh, they didn't really. Um, but it. So it was just. Claudio Silva is very messy on the feet. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's a pretty good way of putting it. Yeah, so it was it was fun. James Krauss looked good. A lot of kind of like drop back right hands, um, which was quite cool. Um, and yeah, James Krauss just kind of like um, picked him apart and counted him consistently. Um, yeah, whilst whilst hobbling around on a so bizarre. It's like had 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 essentially no knee in the third round. Well, probably even from like the second round. Even the second. And, Especially, especially in the third, Claudio Silva stopped through like two low kicks to that leg. James Cross didn't switch stance. James Cross like fell over because he didn't have anywhere. And Claudio Silva just stopped kicking. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Kick the damn leg. Yeah, kick the damn leg. <laughs> that's, that's what I've been yelling out. Um, I thought but, something like popped off. It was like, like Gaethje and uh, Pore got into like a bit of a like slight beef on Twitter or something and like Gaethje was like oh you were hobbling after our fight or something and then someone replied and it was like yeah but you should be ashamed because leg kicks are a feminine trait or something <laughs> yeah like, go, tell, go tell go, go tell the people Edson Pompos has knocked out yeah oh my god <laughs> yeah so that's why Claudia Silva stopped kicking because he didn't want to be he didn't want to yeah. show that feminine trait yeah exactly he's a, he's a, he's a real man He's a man. The MMA fandom continues to impress. Yeah, lovely. Um, where else? Uh, I mean, Jonathan Martinez. That was on the on the on the main card as well. We 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 mentioned Thomas Almeida coming back. Um, Jonathan Martinez looked looked good. Kept him up, kept 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 him at range in a, a solid unanimous decision victory. Yeah, Thomas Almeida's career is 
quite sad. Like, yeah. he looked so good um, for like quite a long time, and then like Cody Garbrandt clattered him, and he's never really looked that good since. Um, yeah, like his fight with Brad Brad Pickett is absolutely fantastic. Um, on UFC 189 as well, so one of the greatest cards of all time, and um, had a great yeah great fight on that. Um, but yeah, it's just quite sad. He's lost three in a row now. I imagine he could could be facing a cup now that yeah. Um And yeah, he hasn't fought in what over two and a half years as well. Um, Jesus. So yeah, just quite sad all round to be honest. But Tom Salmeida is generally an exciting and good fighter. So it's yeah, sad to see that happen. Um, where else did you want? Did you, did you want to talk about? I'm just going to go with Goram Gamrot. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I want to give that surname a go. Yeah, I think uh, Dan Hardy like was actually nailing it. I thought um, on the broadcast, Kutata Ladzi. I thought um, oh, Dan Hardy yeah, we'll was it down. Um, but yeah, Guram. I think is easier to be honest. He would occasionally switch to Guram. I think when he like was in a rush trying to get it out. Yeah. But yeah, Guram Gamrot. I think um, is a is a good way to go. Um. But yeah, it was. Uh, what did you think of this fight? Yeah, I thought it was a. Um, yeah, as, I mean, as as we as we said, and um, before it came on performance of the well fight fight line for a reason. Um, I thought really really solid fight. I think Guran was a bit harsh on himself, saying he didn't deserve it. I just gave it to him, but like it was a pretty close one. I don't think I don't think either side could be particularly aggrieved with like the result. Uh, no, I thought it was. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good fight. Uh, Gamrot's wrestling it absolutely gorgeous yeah uh, and you've seen like he had he competed at adcc i think they mentioned it on the broadcast he got choked out by um is it i can't remember uh, gary tone i think it was um but yeah he's competed at a very high level of grappling he's a former ksw champion um and his wrestling um was very nice the takedown hit in the third round you sort of like you heard dc kind of like nerding out over it and i thought it was amazing as well like yeah. he beautifully kind of turned the corner that was great um but yeah, I thought I gave it to Kuth Tazalabzi as well. Um, I thought he got the first and second. I thought Gamrot got the third. Um, but yeah, I think it was just this was a short notice fight. Like Gamrot was meant to fight Magomed Mustafaev, I think. Yeah. Um, and he just like I think got unlucky. Like the guy that ended up being the short notice replacement was just sneakily good and had Hamzat Chimaev in his corner and his good friends with him. Um, so I think he just got a really unlucky late replacement. Yeah. So I'm excited to see both of these guys um, kind of like go up the division, to be honest. I think they can both at least crack the top 15, maybe higher. Uh, so I think that'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. Definitely ones to keep an eye on. Um, I think that's about it for um, this card. Oh, actually, I'll give a, a quick consolation to Big John Phillips, who... Got him, got himself out of the Chimaya fight, only to be battered again for another three rounds. Um, I, it was it was quite funny because Chimaya was in his um, in in his room before in his like workout area before he went out for the fight, trying to give him takedown defense tips, but clearly none of them worked. <laughs> I did uh, not see that. <laughs> uh, yeah, he got battered. Most most ground strikes landed by by a fighter in a in a fight ever, I think. So um, or, or or in a or in a, in a middleweight fight I don't know but yeah poor John 
whatever whatever John Phillips is doing at his gym, he needs to stop and immediately yeah. stop doing other things. Um, learn a sprawl okay. and let's just go from there. Just learn to do something. Something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the less the less said about it, the better. But yeah, I mean, solid card. Um, it was a really good card, I thought actually. And um, yeah, good good to see some some. Uh, some intrigue in, in the featherweight and the flyweights. Um, oh, also, um, I don't know if it is it Khabib's cousin. Uh, Saeed. Saeed. Um, yeah, got a good. Pretty fun knockout as well. Uh, it was a weird knockdown initially. I think he like really caught him with a kind of very kind of quick short check hook that like didn't look very powerful, but dropped his man. Uh, and then like the ground and pound was fairly vicious. Um, I think. Yeah, and like actually put him fully out from the ground and pound. Um, so yeah, that was quite cool um, as well. But yeah, yeah good, solid, solid stuff from him. Yeah, good card all round. Um, we'll move to the weekend's fight. Two five four is upon us. Um, as I mentioned, not the absolute joke of a card that we were promised, but still <laughs> um, plenty. Well, I said plenty e- enough, enough to get excited about. Um, where do I want to start? We'll just pick out, I guess, well, I'll pick out Nathaniel Wood because it's always good to get a bit of British British interest. Um, he comes in on a short notice fight against uh, Casey Kenny, who got a solid win, I think, a couple of weeks ago, did he? Um, he uh, I can't remember that. Yeah, he fought, he fought on, the ho- on the home Aldana card. Um, okay, yeah. So... Oh. Yeah, that'll be. I don't remember. I don't know if I watched that fight to be honest. No, and I remember his fight against Louis Small because that was a that was that was a fun one for all of how long it lasted. But um, yeah, he's clearly got strengths on the ground. I mean, guillotined Small out. Um, Nathaniel Wood. He had a sort of workmanlike performance against against John Castaneda. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I haven't really got any sort of solid analysis or or, or predictions, but. I think I think I think I think I think it's a good fight for Nathaniel Wood and um yeah we'll see how he gets on. Yeah, I think it'd be good. Like Nathaniel Wood's always a good watch. Um he's generally quite like interesting. He's competent. Um, yeah. he's competent, he's good, uh, and he's exciting generally. Um yeah, against Castaneda, I think Castaneda was another one that was like we've had a lot of late replacement fights recently. I think Castaneda was one. Possibly. Yeah, I think so. I th- I think he was supposed to fight um Habib's cousin or Brother, oh, or, yeah, maybe you know, like Umar Namagamedov, perhaps, or it might have uh, been it might even been Saeed who who fought. Yeah, last um, week. yeah, I think uh, Castaneda was kind of sneakily like pretty good um, as well. Uh, although, like, I think uh, Nathaniel would beat him fairly handedly. Um, like, it wasn't like it, he didn't struggle. Like, but it was a yeah. competitive fight. Um, so maybe not like the blowout performance that people might have been expecting, but he, I thought he looked very good in that fight, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting. Like as much as kind of Nathaniel Wood, as he was coming into the UFC, uh, had talked about wanting to knock people out and stuff. He still hasn't got a knockout in the UFC, um, despite being dangerous on the feet. But he is very well rounded, so um, I think he'll be able to hang with Kenny in the wrestling and in the grappling. So yeah, I don't know. I'd, yeah, not that much to say about it, but um, it'd be good to see Nathaniel Wood win because he's fairly exciting. I'd like to see him get better and get up the division. Um, so yeah, we will see how that goes. Um, in terms of the prelims, not a whole lot. Stefan Struve, Tai Tuivasa will be funny. 
Um, <laughs> it will be funny. Uh, well, I don't know actually, because I thought that about most Titan with Alpha fights. But then he had a couple of sleepers, so um, maybe not. Wait, let me see. Who did he have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ivanov. That was a. Yeah, Ivanov and Arlovsky were absolute snooze fests, from what I yeah. remember. And Spivak, I think he was sort of terrible against Spivak. So. Yeah. We'll see whether he's actually come in shape. Um, yeah. I think that's a bit of a problem yeah. with him. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll move on from that. Um, Ankalaev, Kudalaev, we sort of joked about last week, and to be honest, it, <laughs> it, 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 it sort of needs, needs, needs to remain in that category. Hopefully, Ankalaev gets the win, and we can all just forget about the past year of yeah. Kudalaev just hanging around. Tied um, up Ankalaev's career. Like, one of the actually interesting prospects at light yeah. heavyweight, tied up fighting Aeon Kudalaev. Um, you've got Lauren Murphy, as we alluded to previously, fighting against a late replacement, Lilia Shakarova. I mean, I'm not, I'm not particularly enamoured about Lauren Murphy fights at the best of times against a late replacement. I'm perhaps even less interested. Yeah, I, um, I think she's, uh, I don't know, I feel like she's, I mean, it is women's flyweight, but she's not the like least interesting flyweight, so I don't know. Um, yeah, that's not saying much, but... yeah. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see, we'll see. Basically, um, it depends how good this Lilia is. We don't, I don't know anything about her. So um, yeah, I mean, we've got this far up here that I hadn't seen when I looked at the card a couple of days ago, and I don't really know. I, I can I can offer you absolutely nothing. Jacob Malkoon versus Phil Hawes. Um, I'm looking up Jacob Malkoon, and he's. I assume if this is him. He's three and zero, and Phil Hawes is eight and two. I I have. Literally nothing to offer about this. They've Phil Hawes came in off the contenders, and Jacob Malkin was seemingly making his debut. So, yeah, very we'll... strange one to have on the main card. I, it, it, I, I presume maybe Malkin is someone that they've put a, they've put a lot of promise in. Um, I, I, I don't. don't I can only assume that, given the fact he's on the main card. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know if he's got. I'm trying to look because normally if they do that, it's a guy with a big grappling or kickboxing background, but I can't find any. He, oh, he's Robert Whittaker's main training partner. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything about him. Never really heard of yeah, him. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, that's a, a weird one for the main card. But, so he's... Um, he's, uh, he's... Oh, is it, did he do some boxing? The Aussie fight with Purple Belt and Jiu-Jitsu and won the ADCC Asia Trials. Okay, as a purple belt, that still is a bit strange. Um, yeah, so who knows? Yeah. We we will we will uh, we will, we will see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> That's all we can do. Yeah, we'll move on. Um, we'll keep progressing out the card. Volkov Walt Harris. Um, Volkov had his last fight was a battering at the hands of Blades, um, and Walt Harris had that weird defeat against Overeem where it looked like he was going to get him out of there, and then gasped beyond belief and just sort of had like a pretty anticlimactic ground and pound defeat where Overeem was sort of tapping him, not wanting to really hurt him, but saying like, can we just end this? Um, yeah. That of course coming in very weird circumstances because it was um, his first fight back after the... Yeah, who knew like Overeem's powers of recovery were that good at his age? He turned up yeah. as Wolverine. Um, um, so yeah, this one will be interesting. Obviously, I think, I think Volkov's a superior technical fighter. Um, and I imagine if he if he manages to keep to keep the fight in his areas, he'll be um, 
he'll be able to see this through, but also what Harris carries with him a lot of power and a lot of speed. Yeah. A bit like what Harris is quite decent. Um but yeah, so I think I'd be interesting. I could see what Harris um clattering him and putting him out. Uh, certainly possible. Derek Lewis did it. Um and Derek Lewis very powerful but not very good. Um Yeah. So but has somehow managed to be a top five heavyweight for most of yeah. That is one of the biggest mysteries. Big volume, <laughs> to be honest. Although he's getting better. I'd say he's getting better. Um, yeah. But yeah, good for him. So yeah, we'll, um, we'll see how that one goes. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll finally get into a bit, bit of a deep dive because we've got, we've, got, we've got some more interesting fights. Um, the co-main, Robert Whittaker, Cannoneer, I feel like this is a number one contender for one of them. I say that in the sense that if Whitaker wins, I'm not sure he gets the Adesanya rematch. Yeah, but, which is strange because he would have had. He will be on a two-fight win streak. Um, but I think it can depend how he looks. Yeah, to a degree. If but certainly, look- and Adesanya said this in his post-fight against Costa that if Cannonier wins, he'll get the yeah. fight. So I would imagine if Cannonier wins, that that would be the obvious fight. Yeah, if Cannonier wins, then it's definitely him. Um, but yeah, Whitaker does depend how he looks. I think if he like just scrapes through, kind of how he did against Till, um, I yeah. think they give it to him. Um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, how do you think this kind of plays out? I mean, it's it's a, it's a weird one in the sense you've got you've got Robert, Robert Whitaker who started at welterweight and then moved up to middleweight, and you've got Cannonier who entered the UFC as a as a legitimate heavyweight yeah. and has now worked work, worked his way down to middleweight um very difficult to really get a um a full read on his his skills at middleweight you know he he got david branch and jack commanson out there pretty quickly same with anderson silver i mean what we do know is there's a hell of a lot of power i mean the leg kicks his punch is his punches is a hell of a lot of power in there um and I worry for Whitaker because he is going to like Robert. Like his 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 thing is very much sort of running into range, and that that is that is that is perhaps a bit a bit unkind. And like there is more to it, but especially in that Adesanya fight, it, there was a lot of just running into range, and I I fear he will have to do that. And with Cannonier's power, I'm not sure that's a particularly. Um, promising matchup for him yeah yeah that's uh, an interesting thing like Whitaker has frequently blitzed like throughout his career but it's only his last two fights like Till and um Till and Adesanya that he's seemed kind of that kind of one note and reliant on it like he like against the in the Romero fights like he didn't blitz like that he like, like set up attacks competently behind the jab and the kind of like lead uh side sidekick to the leg um it's mostly the last two fights, and I think it seemed that the Adesanya fight where he got punished for the blitzers. Um, all it taught him was that he should blitz more cautiously, and not that he should set things up in ways other than the blitz, because he was still just mostly reliant on it in the um, Darren Till fight, which is a bit disheartening. Um, I don't know because I feel like Whitaker at his very best, I would be far more confident in this pick. Yeah. Uh, to pick him over Cannonier. Um but 
at this point um it's difficult to say like you just don't never know, don't necessarily know what Whitaker's going to turn up how it will look um and whether he's just i've heard an interesting um i think luke thomas has said something like this um with other sports so like in football um you get like you know that people can go through kind of periods of low confidence mm-hmm. with not at their best, but because they play week in week out, they go through like a few bad periods and then they'll pick up again. Um, with fighting, it's quite different because they're fighting not very frequently. And every time they're in the cage, they need to be very high. They can't really afford periods of low confidence. Yeah. Um, but it seems like that's what Whitaker's in. So, it could just be a case of he needs to kind of work through that. And that's kind of maybe what the till fight was. And he can go into this confident again. Um, or yeah, but it's just, yeah, it's difficult to say um, kind of what Whitaker will turn up. So I kind of like it for him if he turns up at his best, especially with kind of like he started to add, as we said earlier, kind of like the Frankie Edgar elements of the yeah. shoot takedowns come up with punches um and i like it especially in a three-round fight yeah uh yeah i think yeah that would, i don't know what can is like over the distance like it's yeah we have with i mean we've barely seen him like um what's the longest fight we've seen can air at, at middleweight <sighs> maybe his maybe his hermanson fight um <laughs> the david branch fight was longer by eight seconds oh there you go <laughs> like like he's got two minutes He's had five minutes and 39 seconds is his longest fight at middleweight. Like, you, we just really don't know. Um, yeah, whereas, whereas we, we've, got, we've, got fi- we've got 50 minutes of Whitaker against your, your Romero to look back yeah. at. Um, so it's, um, I don't know, it'd be interesting. F- three rounds does mean, like, potentially Whitaker takes less damage if he doesn't get finished, which is um, good because he's taken a lot of damage recently. Um, yeah. Which is another thing uh, with the confidence. Like, in other sports, players can have periods of low confidence and that's not too bad. It's not long-term damaging for them. But in fighting, if you go through a period where you have two fights on low confidence and you don't perform your best, you can take career-altering beatings that you never recover from. So, which is why periods of low confidence can be like devastating, really, to a fighter. Um, but yeah, Whitkid, like does a lot of things. Like If he leads with the jab and he kind of like... And kind of like the darts in and exit, it's like on a different angle. That can, I think, kind of play havoc with Cannonier a little bit, who's not necessarily like, like he can counter, but he's not like, I wouldn't necessarily describe him as a counter fighter necessarily. Um, I think that can like do good work for Whitaker. But yeah, I think the big X factor is still what does Whitaker look like? Yeah, very much so. Because I think, I think if we see. Whitaker, especially we saw against Adesanya, and elements of the Whitaker we saw against Till, I think that versus Canada power is not a particularly favourable matchup. As you say, if we saw the Whitaker against Romero that respected that power, yeah. kept or the, the distance, Jacare, or yeah, uh, yeah, I feel like that would be a good fight or a decent fight for Whitaker. So yeah, we 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 will see. I think I'll favour Canada just. But um, uh, okay, I'll I'll be a believer and I'll favour Whitaker. <laughs> I, I do I do like Whitaker. I very much like him. So I would okay. I would be I'd be happy if he got the win. But I think Cannonier might just get him out of there. Yeah. Um, 
so we'll move to the main event. Um, we're here eventually. Uh, Habib versus Justin Gaethje for the, well, I guess the unified lightweight championship now that Gaethje's got an interim belt around yeah. him. Um, I completely forgot about that. Um, yeah, I, I forgot they put it on the line. Um, this is such an interesting one for me because for a, for two guys that I feel like I've watched so much of their like their last like four or five fights, like they have both of them have done so well at getting their opposition to fight their fights to the point where where we where we we now come into this fight. We've got Gaethje, who is essentially the number two in the world. And Khabib, who we're looking at as a pound for pound number, you know, number one. And yet there is so many unknowns in terms of this matchup that it's just it's just so surprising for me. Yeah, it's um as much as kind of like we've seen, yeah, so like you said that they're both so Gaichu's obviously gone through kind of this big change. So like Khabib obviously like just physically imposes himself on people to get here than to fight his fight. Like you have to fight Khabib's fight if you're fighting Khabib because like he just doesn't give you any other choice. Uh, Gaethje was a bit like that um, when he first came into the UFC, uh, very in your face. Um, but the last few fights, especially against Tony, uh, he's taken back the pressure significantly and is using much more of his kind of outside footwork and pivots um, very well, might I add. Um, yeah to kind of control the fight at a distance as opposed to really just getting in your face and brutalizing you. Um, yeah, it's very different. And But as you said, um, there is a lot of questions, mostly because, like, neither one has ever fought anyone like the other man, really. Yeah, um, and neither, like, neither has really engaged with the other person's main strength. Like, we've not seen... We've not seen Gaethje wrestle for any extended period of time. We've not seen Khabib, well, I guess with the exception of maybe the ally Quinta fight, like stand up but have to like be up for a long period of time against a like against 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 a striker like Gaethje. Yeah, and um, yeah, we've never like we saw. I think I can't actually remember uh, how long we saw, but uh, early on in the Barboza fight, you saw Khabib like essentially. Barbosa stayed disciplined with his footwork for like 30 seconds in like the Khabib fight. And um, kind of, there was one point where Barbosa kind of like hit a pivot and Khabib just went running, basically running straight past him into the cage or something. And Barbosa managed to circle out. Um, there is a not insignificant chance that that's what this fight could look like for 25 minutes based on like, based on how good I feel Gaethje's footwork looked against Tony. Um, and Khabib's never had to face a guy like that. Like Connor's, like Connor will pressure you and counter. Like that's his game, but he doesn't have that outside footwork to that yeah. degree. He isn't as evasive like that. Um, so yeah, Khabib's never fought someone that is as unique a threat as Gaethje is. I don't think, considering like the outside footwork as well as the devastating power that we also know he has. Um, yeah, it'd be um, it'd be interesting. Anything else? Like how else? Be? 
like say if Khabib, uh, how well do you see Khabib being able to consistently like push Gaethje to the fence, which is where he needs it to be? To yeah, to it's just like it's the thing. It's like I, I can, I can see, I can see in my head like totally believable two scenarios where, as you say, um, Gaethje keeps moving pops that jab like he did, pops that right hand, that, 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 that left hook, and keeps Khabib on the feet for three, four, maybe even five rounds. Equally well, I can totally see Gaethje on his bum within the first 30 seconds, and it's just a, here we go again. There's just nothing you can do. Like, yeah. I, can, I, can really, I can really see both scenarios. But I will say, if there's ever a man that I trust in, a, a fighter-coach combo to implement a plan and carry it out, it is Trevor Whitman and Justin Gaethje. Oh yeah, like that is one of the, like Gaethje's most, one of his best skills is how coachable he is. Um, like he's just a sponge and absorbs everything that Whitman gives him. Um, and it's absolutely fantastic because Whitman is one of the best coaches in the world. I love, I love Trevor Whitman. Uh, yeah, he's fun, fun brilliant. Um, when they used to, they don't do it as much often, but when they first went to ESPN, they used to have Whitman kind of like, Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Uh, like, talking about the in-corner advice, and I have no idea why they got rid of that. Or, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he sort of did one. Uh, it was brilliant, I thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, Wim was fantastic. Um, and it's a very small kind of, like, camp. Like, he has, like, not a big roster of fighters that he cares for. Um, it's like Gaethje and Rose, and I think there are a few others, but I can't name them off the top of my head. So, it means they get a lot of individual attention, um, which is very good. Um yeah, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I think that Khabib's takedowns, we've like obviously know in the middle of the cage aren't that deadly. He will just mostly use them like he'll dive on a single and then use it to push you to the cage. Um, yeah. which he like his game is so it is so MMA centered, like it is so reliant on the cage. Um, but once he's got you there, um, if he gets Gaethje to the cage with any sort of consistency, I feel that it will be a bad night for Gaethje. Yeah, the the other the other thing is, especially, I mean, the very limited sample size we have for Gaethje takedowns is is high high um, intensity escapes that largely involve him taking a risk, whether that be giving up his back to stand up or sort of throwing himself onto the ground to try and break a grip. I've got to imagine that that perhaps is still giving them. I hope that for his sake, there's, there's, there's got to be a more, a, a sort of game plan in place. If we do get taken down, if you just give up your back to Khabib, you're not just going to be able to get up to your feet. Yeah. <laughs> like I, so I, I wonder whether, if he gets taken down in like the third or the fourth, he's, he's maybe tiring a bit and he just, he just tries something a bit risky and perhaps gives up his back to try and stand up or, and it just goes horribly wrong. Or he tries to, you know, slam himself to the ground to break a grip or, or I think, I think perhaps the old gate, she would have done that. I wonder whether this new, you know, as you said, coachable guy who's, who's far more patient will, 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 will perhaps work, 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 work to a more slot, solid and sort of higher percentage chance of escaping a takedown. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it will be... It's uh, the thing. There's just so many unknowns. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Gaethje is, um, as we said, very dangerous. So, <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to say. I think that he... It, it'd be interesting to see what approach he goes with as well because how he used to pressure could serve him very well, I think, against uh, Khabib. Because obviously you want to be as far away with like your back wants to be as far away from the opposite kind of end of the cage as possible. So if he's heavily pressuring Khabib, he's got a a lot of space to kind of back into. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like, which isn't the approach he's gone with in his last few fights. So I think he'd be best served to go with the kind of old Gaethje pressuring approach, but then use his newfound, um, pivots and evasive footwork kind of on the defensive uh, when he needs it but mostly kind of just try and keep away from the cage as much as possible um i think that's what he'd be best served as so i but it'll be also like it's certainly possible he could play a game similar to how he did against tony completely on the outside and just kind of make khabib dart past him consistently i think is khabib's gonna have to initiate you would think uh, this isn't a fight where Gaethje needs. I think. I think that 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 pressure could work. But also, if 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 for the first sort of thirty seconds to a minute, it becomes clear that Gaethje's going to sort of sit on the outside and just say, "Come and get me." Khabib's going to have to go in. You know, he can't. He can't. He can't. He can't stay and fight Gaethje on the outside for twenty five minutes because that's that's just going to end dreadfully for him. Yeah. So he's going to have to initiate some sort of, some sort of pressure to try and push him to the fence. And as you said, that's when Gaethje's power and that's when his footwork, if he can get it off, can can really serve him well. Yeah, I think... Um, yeah, like Gaethje... Um, yeah, Khabib does that anyway. Like, I don't expect Khabib to do anything other than try and just get in Gaethje's face. Like, Khabib knows pretty much how to fight one way and it's how Khabib fights. Um, like, it is in his words, like, smash. It is, like, that's all he knows how to do. He isn't going to, even if, um, yeah, Gaethje wants to, um, like, play on the outside, Khabib will welcome that, I feel. Um, So I don't know, yeah, it'll be interesting. Khabib's got to, um, got to, like, yeah, as, like, very urgently get it to the cage. And it'll be interesting to see if you've got any new kind of, um, tools to kind of force that and new kind of ring cutting or cage cutting techniques that he's added. Um, cause we haven't seen him consistently. He hasn't needed to. That's the thing. Sorry. He hasn't needed to. Yeah. Basically like it's the th- kind of like people when they fight Khabib kind of freak out and back themselves onto the cage. Poirier did it a lot. Yeah. Um, because even just like the threat and like the feints of takedowns and the feints of striking, like, are enough to back people up. Um, but I feel that hearing Gaethje before the fight and hearing how he's talked about the Khabib fight, he's, I feel like he understands Khabib and what it means to fight Khabib better than anyone else that we've seen. Um, yeah, oh, God, yeah. I, I sort, of, sort of went into this being like, yeah, I reckon Khabib will get it done. And now I'm just, I just, I just don't know. Yeah, no, like, what, like, I mean, like, have we had, I mean, like another thing is like Khabib's chin, like he's taking shots, but like you know, 
I, I watched I watched the Khabib Poirier fight back. Start 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 that second round. Poirier hits him with a good a good left straight. Nothing nothing you know from the heavens. You know, for for ten for ten fifteen seconds, Khabib you know flailing around a bit. Yeah, um, I think it's that um, Khabib is quite, he's not a natural striker and it's like kind of his, as his skills developed, he hasn't really necessarily developed the comfort in, say like in the pocket. Um, so he's quite tense when he's in the pocket and that can lead you to kind of getting more hurt than you might otherwise um, because he just, he doesn't like roll necessarily that well with punches. He's very quick and that's what most of his defence relies on. It relies on his speed but he doesn't necessarily take a punch the best. Like yeah. He's clearly very tough. Like We kind of know that Like just based on like everything. He's a tough man, but like whether he, like the combination of the technique and kind of against Gaethje's power, whether or not he can necessarily take that many shots. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like it's certainly possible. And Gaethje weaves very well in the pocket and uses counters very well. Um, and does add up like attritive damage, um, like and builds off that to the legs, to the head. Um, so it's possible that he could just um, kind of break Khabib down, and we see Khabib in a situation we've never seen him in before, getting really badly hurt consistently. Um, but I think it will be a more. I'm watching like yeah, as I said, I'm watching kind of uh, Ferguson Gaethje kind of on the side here, and a lot of what Gaethje does is kind of like. Ferguson will initiate and then Gaethje will kind of slip the first shot or like and like weave in the pocket, come back with counters, um, like the right hand and then close it with the left hook. I don't see him doing that much of that against Khabib just because it's a different style of fight and all the weaves can possibly lead to kind of Khabib being able to grab a hold of him. So I think it's going to be, if he's on the outside, it's going to be a bit of a, a bit more of a kind of, kind of standing up straight less of the weaving in the pocket kind of fight but and it also another thing we haven't mentioned is that uh, Gaethje might be more reluctant to throw leg kicks than he has in the past uh, due to the possibility of them being caught mm-hmm. uh, and once Khabib clamps onto it um, he hasn't shown like that I think he hasn't I've never really seen him like really catch leg kicks and punish people off of it but that's probably due to people are a bit more reluctant to kick against him just because they assume the threats are there. But I don't know. I don't know if I've seen Khabib consistently catch legs and take people down off of it. But it just the mental aspect could be there. Engage, you might not want to kick. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, as I said, I c- yeah, I can't really predict this fight. What do you think? <laughs> What's your final thoughts? I think... I'm still gonna go with Khabib. Okay. Just. Yeah. I think that like our kind of talking about this has been a bit of all over the place, a bit of a mess. Just yeah. kind of like how unsure we are. Um, and yeah, I go kind of go back and forth, but I think maybe it's just in part out of hope because if Gaethje is not going to do it, I don't see anyone else that does. Yeah. So, in a decent amount for that reason, as well as all the other things, Gaethje kind of, I think, getting it and the improvements and the footwork he showed in the Tony fight. I think I'm going to go with Gaethje. And I, this is like, this He's is the first him. time I think I've ever picked against Khabib in a fight. He has um, gone for it. 
But I think, yeah, I'm going to pick. Um, gonna I hope pick. so. I, I, I'd like to see. I'd like to see. Um, yeah, someone, someone finally upset the apple cart. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's very possible. Yeah, as I said, if anyone's going to do it, I think it's going to be Gaethje. Yeah. We'll, we will see. But um, yeah, we'll be back hopefully with more answers about how this fight is going to go um, next week. Um, have you got anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I think that's it. Just I'm very excited for this fight. <laughs> yeah, enjoy. I'm and also, it's on, it's on at such a friendly time for us. Actually, I did not know that. Yeah, it's on at like 7pm. Are you joking? No, no, no. Yeah, the, the main card starts like 2pm our time because, because um, Khabib, Khabib fights prime time in, in Abu Dhabi when he, when, he, when he fights there. Oh, okay. Wait, I need to. So oh, I think I think it starts. Great news. I think it, I think I think I think the main card starts like two pm in the afternoon or something. Oh, that's absolutely. I've, I'm still at work actually. Um, but <laughs> oh well. Is that the wait? Is that the main card? Is that the? Yeah, pre- I think so. I'll miss, I'll miss the prelims because I know, I know, I know. Oh no, no, no! The main card starts at seven pm. Okay, that's fine. That's perfect. Um, oh, brilliant. <laughs> I'm even more excited now because I like I can get back home from work and basically put it straight on. Lovely. Oh, brilliant! I'm so happy. I did not know that. Brilliant. Great. I don't even need to be tired on Sunday to watch it. Very nice. You made my day. <laughs> well, yeah, we will look forward to that. Um, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, stay safe, and yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be back hopefully to discuss uh, a cracking fight next week. See you, everyone. See ya. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio Podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.